What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We talk about the new USAPL weight classes. We go into hot takes. We go into our opinions on it. We go into the Two White Lights comments. Awesome episode. We also talk about just some future things we see with the USAPL as far as them announcing their qualifying totals for nationals. Also, we get into the dots. Steve kind of elaborates on why the equipment thing is going to be big for the sport. Just an episode where we talk about more developments in the USAPL and a really good conversation because um, a lot of great things are going to happen with these weight classes. Uh, I know a lot of people were not happy with them, but we still talk about just the potential matchups that we have. And we also talk about the opposition to it as well. Of course, it's two highlights. Also, this is how my voice sounds. You are, uh, are not hearing anything different. Um, I lost my voice, and I don't know why. Um, I, I mean, hopefully the cigar smoking isn't catching up to me. But, yeah, my audio is fine. I just... Lost my voice. So that's how I sound like. I also sound like that for the next episode that will air Wednesday with Brandon Petrie. But, um, yeah, just a little FYI, and that's going to make these ad reads fun because I'm losing my voice slowly as the day goes on. But before we get into this episode, got to talk to you guys about Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leflarbros.com, follow them at Leflar Bros Apparel on Instagram, and check out some Leflar Bros merchandise. The best powerlifting merchandise in the sport. They make you look good in the gym, outside the gym, on the platform. They are a triple threat. They continuously release new products, new merchandise that are fantastic and they also continue to evolve from what i started with left bros it is so much better now and it's continuous progress i love to see it in powerlifting companies and also make sure you are a part of it by getting their merchandise go on leftlarbros.com use promo code 2wl15 and get yourself all their merchandise they just released a new tie-dye glow-in-the-dark t-shirt that I absolutely love. And they also have tank tops, sweatpants, joggers for fall. We're currently in fall, and got to love yourself some joggers during that time. I'm currently wearing their dad hat. Again, Leflar Bros merchandise. Use promo code 2WL15. Also on leflarbros.com, you can get yourself some 2 White Lights merchandise. We put that linked up on our website on 2 Lights.com. Make sure you're one on there. But also on that shop icon, it's just going to take you right to Leflar Bros. So you can get our 2 White Lights merchandise. We have a lot of different designs. We got the twitching out tees. We got the off the top rope tees, the original logo, fight night. We got some dad hats going. Also, we got some banners. We got a lot of stuff on 2 White Lights dot com and leftlarbros.com use that same promo code 2WL15. Also make sure you're on lift.net and get yourself some stoic gear. Stoic gear, I use it in the gym and on the platform because it is the best. It's what I use and also it's the most affordable. You're not just paying for a label, you are paying for the quality. So they have the best affordable equipment out there. Knee sleeves, singlets, wrist wraps. They have the best. Also they have a promo code and that promo code is Angelo10. Use promo code Angelo10 for stoic gear on lift.net. Also, make sure you're going on notoriouslift.com and following them on Instagram and getting yourself some no slip drip slippers. They are coming out with new generations of the deadlift slipper that looks fantastic. I have yet to try them on, but I can't wait to do so. They also have the best colorways and the best designs, and they continuously come out with them. They have a promo code too now, ANG15, that's A-N-G-15, to get yourself 15% off of your order. 
Make sure you are on the website. Make sure you are on the drops as well because those things sell out super fast. So use that promo code to save yourself some money, but also make sure you are on left or on NotoriousLift.com and sign up for that newsletter so you do not miss out. And I'm telling you, if you are a little late, you will miss out, and you don't want that because you will miss something that matches your gym attire, your your gym attire, your podium attire. Don't be that guy to miss out. Also, on those newsletters, they tell you when something's re-releasing, which is also important as well. Make sure you're subscribing to Two White Lights on Spotify, Apple Podcasts as well. Um, we are available on both platforms. Also, we have the new and improved twowhitelights.com designed by Kyle from, from Project Strength. It looks fantastic. We're getting more content on there. And with this pro series, we're going to get some more content as well. So I can't wait for that. And without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. And as promised, I got with me Steve DeNovi, and we have some more updates regarding the USAPL. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I'm sure this isn't going to be the last one. We got probably more incoming next week, but the, the, the big uh, drop this week was the weight class changes, which uh, I did not, we did not know that was coming. I mean, we knew it was being discussed, but we did not, I did not know that was what they were dropping this week. I thought they were probably dropping more info on the pro series. Um, I did not know they were dropping like a full on change to the weight classes and adding two more weight classes. Yeah. I didn't know that either. And I was surprised that they did it. I know Larry was discussing that it was a possibility because he was not a fan of the old weight classes at all. Or not the old. It's actually also funny to discuss like old weight classes, new weight classes, because these were the original weight classes. So I guess they would qualify as old weight classes. Um, but you now mean they're the, de- the the weight classes we copied off a of USPA, according to all the people who avoided <laughs> powerlifting for years. Oh God, the this might have been because we're gonna. I'm gonna. I have a lot of hot takes to unleash, and I might upset a lot of people listening to Two White Lights based on what I'm going to say today, but the comments in the two white light section this week were wild, wild, wild takes. But yeah, they were, um, they were, they, they are the old weight classes or the original weight classes. And we're going back to them now. And yeah, I did not expect it to happen this week. Um, and I didn't expect it, uh, to, to come from the USAPL just at this time, I guess. Um, like I, I, was expecting it to perhaps be at the end of the year or the beginning of the year. But I mean, we are approaching the end of uh, 2021 here. So like now would be the most sensible time to do it. Um, Sounds like they had the support of everyone and we'll get into, you know, all the opinions on it, but based on the two white lights poll, um, people are in favor of it for the most part. I think it was about 80% of people were in favor of the new weight classes and just based on some lifters, like it's beneficial to more weight class or to more people 
and the only one who seem to be on the non-favorable side are the people who are in the like hovering in the 60 to 67 and a half kilo range and the 93 through 105 kilo range. Yeah. I mean, th- there is literally no way to do weight class changes, not piss off someone. Yeah. Because it, 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 there's some people that are going to lose out on this, but I, 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 I mean, I saw other polls too. It was almost pretty universal, like an 80, 20 split, 80% in favor, 20% not in favor. And if that's the case, that's pretty darn good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. if it was the opposite, we're taking these weight classes and going to the ones the IPF were using, we'd have less than a 50% buy-in because of how many people would have to drastically change. Yeah, There's less people going to have to change for this than if we went the opposite way. But yeah, there, there's only there's basically two weight classes that are going to be kind of an issue. It's It's 63 women and 93 men. More so, I say 63 women. The fact is 93 men, yeah, it, it's going to be a little bit different but i actually am excited about that i'm excited to see a lot of those 93 men go up to 100 yeah. i'm less excited about them staying at 90 and then just probably hitting the same numbers i'm excited about all the people who are going to end up moving up class and do something crazy i mean literally on the podcast today you just did with uh brandon uh i think you had some information of mm-hmm. why brandon's numbers are going crazy yeah yeah, well, that I mean, I mean, his competition at the Virginia Pro, uh, Bob Matthews, he's going to be going. He already put in his bio that he's a hundred kilo lifter in the USAPL. So, and we're seeing what he's doing too. Um, I think it's going to yield better training. Uh, I actually think we could even do a whole podcast on like who or just who would be the top lifter in each of these new weight classes, or not the or the um, the original weight classes, because we have some really. I mean, really interesting things to talk about, and the potential of it is fantastic. Because if I'm looking with just in the men's weight class, 90 kilo men is the potential there of having like the greatest battles of all time in powerlifting history within a weight class is right there. I could just see, because I mean, all right, one Noriego's already expressed interest in going to 90 kilos. He's talked about in the past that he does like that weight class. Um, we all know that Russ walks around at like 195 to 200. Same thing with Delaney. He's a heavier 83. We know Jamar's a heavy 83. We know a lot of 83 lifters sit pretty heavy. So if they all move to 90 kilos and some of the smaller 93s drop down to 90 kilos, you will have some of the greatest battles and some of the best weight class battles in powerlifting because just imagine a lineup of Russ, Nori, Delaney, Jamar, Jonathan Keiko. Uh, I mean, I, I, who, who else can I go? Uh, Marcus Adudu. I mean, I don't know if he'll cut down to it, but he's just gaining Walter, into 93. Walter's a light 90, so he'll fairly easily get to 90. Imagine, imagine that because Russ will actually have to push it. Yes, yes, and also if I take all those people out of 80, 82 and a half, that'll leave me with some pretty, uh, some pretty solid. Uh, Literally, you, out of all the eighty threes, you're the most eighty two point five. Yeah, oh, like, eight, obviously eighty threes didn't get through very much. It's barely any different, but it opens it up because so many eighty threes probably are more truly like ninety, but ninety three was too yes. much for them. So, like, I mean, yeah, my I, my opinion as a coach is I most of these people I see that probably have to cut three something kilos to a weight class. I would recommend most of them show up because it, it it should be almost like universal. They just all bump up the weight class mainly for my spectator uh, abilities. I just want to see what they're going to do. Cause I, the, the numbers that could be done with the one Oh fives going up to one ten, 
Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to see some nasty things there with the 83s going up to 90. Um, I mean, even the 75 not having to cut as much or the seven, the 67.5s like a Dan Clements. I don't know if he's sticking around, but Dan Clements, uh, being able to weigh another kilo and a half heavier. Yeah. I don't know. I'm really excited for it. I think um, it yields the, the best, but I think it yields the best potential of a spectator friendly powerlifting meet. And also, I mean, even on the athlete side, I think it yields the best performance as well. You're going to see higher, you're going to see bigger totals. And also, here's the thing that's important. You're going to see people who actually weigh what or what they walk around at and compete appropriately to what weight they walk around at, which, in my opinion, is a power, power well, problem in powerlifting. For now. Yeah, for, for now, now, but it years, yields, it yields like the possibility years, a little bit better. In three years, you're going to be right back to the point where people are cutting down. Because people will re- – I mean, it's it, – it, right now, there's going to be people walking in at their normal weight not having to cut. But within three years, everyone's going to recomp to whatever they need to to be above their weight class and cutting down. Everyone's yeah. going to get used to it whether they like it or not. So mm-hmm. uh, the women, I don't think, changes the whole – the only class is 63 I, it, that makes it and, kind of tough. But, um, outside of that, there isn't a ton of changes there. Yeah. Because I mean, we already kind of – if the, we hadn't have already had the shift – of the 72 class splitting to 69 and 76, it would be a massive change. But since we already had that, I mean, for women, I mean, the biggest change is just the upper weight classes. The 63 split is going to be weird. Um, just like the 72 split was weird for some people. Everyone survived that though. No problems. It actually was better for the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, the 90 to hundred plus is where it's going to be interesting. Cause obviously we have a lot of people we talked about, like even on the, the uh, I'm, I'm blanking on some names. We talked about some people like in the, in the, that was in like the 84 pluses that were like super strong, but they weren't going to be strong in comparison to like yeah. um, Bonica. I mean, it wasn't, it was, it, it she was, there's not going to be in that same class because of their body weight. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. And I think so, Going into because uh, we can talk about the females' weight class as far as like some of the discontent goes as far as the weight classes, it's been pretty popular on their female side, specifically with the heavier weight class women. Like they actually find that they have more of a opportunity to be competitive and be a national champion if they weigh above eighty four kilos because yep. they were they were thinking about adding weight classes in the NGB meeting, but. I mean, it wouldn't have worked because, one, we have to go with the IPF weight classes still because we're still affiliated by them. And, two, I think it just I, – I, I don't think it was – even the proposed ideas weren't – they only are thinking about adding in one. You're going to have better – or you're going to have more people compete in the sport, which is better for the sport. And the interesting thing I saw with the comments is primarily from, let's just go on the female side for now, the 63 kilo women. And it's, I saw one comment, which I almost threw my phone across the room. It was so fucking irritating. Someone said, just because they're the original weight classes doesn't make them the right weight classes. Of course, coming from a lifter who is shafted by, or I wouldn't even say shafted by, who isn't doesn't have an easier way of competing because they are in the 63-kilo weight class. I'm like, okay, we should cater all of our decisions in powerlifting so you can compete. 
How is that? How is that the best idea as far as running the sport of powerlifting and trying to get more people involved? Like, oh, okay, hold on. This random sixty-three kilo lifter is that going to have a hard time competing now and qualifying for nationals? So let's restart the whole thing and not have a bunch of other lifters actually be in to this weight class. Like, I even think the arguments on the like even the like within the sixty-three kilos are just weak. I don't like them because one, it's sixty to 67 and a half. It's only a seven and a half kilo jump. It used to be 83 and 93 for men. That's a huge gap between weight and performance. So that's not that bad. 60 through 67 and a half. And the old weight classes were 63 or the, the USAPL IPF was 63, 69 and 76. Now there's 60, which isn't that much different. 67 and a half, which isn't that much different, and 75, which isn't that much different either. So they're all going to be on the same boat, too. All the 63 kilo women are in that position. You're not unique in that regard. Again, this just happened to the 72s. Yeah. This literally happened. And a year later, I would, I would be shocked if we found a, a, a more than 5% of people saying the split of the 72s and the 69 and 76 was a bad idea. Yeah, because it was phenomenal. It yeah. was amazing. We we saw so many more people in like natural weight classes. Yeah, because if, if there's weight classes, you're going to adjust to them. People are going to be mad right now. They're going to adjust. Yeah, um, everyone has I to mean, adjust though. But that's the thing. No one gets an advantage if you're there. So therefore, you all are in the same playing field. No, no lifter has an advantage right now. In the and that right, I, I'm no. not crazy in thinking that. Like from that from the original weight classes, no one has a clear advantage. So then why the fuck are you upset about it if no one has the advantage over you? Yeah, just auto readjust. Some people want to cut down. Some people want to go up. I would recommend most of them go up. You'll be happier. But, I mean, we're going to lose some people in the sense of USAPL to this new affiliate. I've had enough rumblings and hearings that since we added these heavier weight classes, especially on the women's side, that we're going to be stealing from some other people that don't have those weight classes and or lifters who just never did USAPL because they didn't have a weight class for them. Yeah. Um, I'm hearing a lot of interest from people in other uh, drug tested federations now interested in coming USAPL because of this. Well, considering I have the analytics to the story reshares and the specific termage used, not only in different federations, but other countries as well. A lot of people in other mm-hmm. countries are actually happy about this because they think it's going to be more advantageous for them to compete. And we have a question right here. Which weight class do you think got most screwed by going back to the old weight classes? I say none of them. None of them got screwed. Only time you get screwed is if someone else has an advantage over you. No one has an advantage over someone else. And also, here's my like. here's the frustrating thing. If you are a person who needs the weight class to be competitive – you're a mediocre lifter, and your problem is not the weight class. It's your total. If you are a good lifter, your total should expand across multiple weight classes. You should be able to qualify for nationals over multiple multiple weight classes. So instead of bitching about your weight class uh, getting changed, get better at powerlifting and, get, and improve your total, and it'll work out for you. Trust me. Because right now, there's not a whole lot of elite level lifters complaining. More of the mediocre level level lifters complaining. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I've seen some elite level lifters not being super happy, but those those were kind of the ones that weren't even going to stick with USAPL in the first place. Like, uh, like I saw a lot of negative comments too of people like from other countries, and I'm like, of course you hate this. If literally if the USAPL solved world hunger, you'd find a way to say that it was political, and they're just doing it for the money. Yeah, um, because they're just going to be pissy about it. So um, I know. Uh, so. The biggest surprise to me, because here's another thing for the people who don't understand what the old weight classes are and thinking we stole it from USPA. Um, we didn't have the USPA weight classes before either. We didn't have the 100 and the 100 plus and the 140 and the 140 plus. I actually was very surprised to see that, but unbelievably excited. Um, that really helps kind of split up um, those heavier weight classes. Um and I'm going to be really excited to see how those kind of break out because it will allow some lifters who probably were forcing their weight down to finally be able to be whatever natural body weight they want to be. Um, and while at first, I don't think those classes will probably be super deep, like in the sense of like competition. Um, I think they eventually will. Now I don't think the lighter weight classes, like if you want my opinion, I think we could have done without the 52 and 56 uh, men and the 44 women. If you have taken those out i think I, I, I don't know a 44 I know, kilo one. i know larry and usapl really likes those um i don't think just many people are ever going to weigh that weight I, I don't i don't, I don't think know. they ever will. well actually as far as the lighter weight classes go the 47 kilo women are amped to be just a kilo heavier oh yeah they're amped well, to just that one kilo for those yeah with those super low weight classes they're very happy about that i think the only people complaining about it are mostly in the 93 kilo weight class men or 105 kilo weight class men. And I, I, I don't know. I think it actually finds a pretty solid middle ground there with a hundred kilos. Like I do think yeah. that, or the, the I, I think it finds a solid middle ground. But again, I, I think, I just think a lot of jabroni lifters are mad about it. Cause it's going to make them harder to compete. I heard this. I heard this recently. I heard them say, well, it's going to be harder for me to get a pro card now because of the weight class change. I'm like, yeah, it's it kind of should be harder to get a pro card. If that was your goal, you have to work harder for it because it shouldn't be easy for you. It You have to improve your total regardless. It should be a goal that you have to obtain. If it's harder for you now to qualify for nationals, this isn't the fault of the weight class. It's the fault of you. You have to get better at powerlifting. They're not going to cater to decisions because your total isn't good enough. That that should not be their main priority concern. So talking about like some, some feedback and some like concerns of this, I saw a lot of people saying, oh, more weight classes. USAPL thinks they're competitive. Now it's just going to dilute everything. It won't at all. And here's why. Because the bulk of the middle weight classes are always going to be competitive. Yeah. Those are not changing at all. Like on the men's side, the 67.5, the 75, the 82, 90, 100, 110 are still going to be super freaking deep. Now, will we see some shifting of people? Yes, but those are going to be highly competitive. For women, 48 to like the 80, or I'm not even going to say the 82 because really the, well, I should say that 82, if you just take out Amanda is actually pretty deep. It's just that Amanda is just kind of an outlier there. Yeah. The, the 48 to 82.5 classes of the women are going to be super deep. The only thing we're going to be doing is adding weight classes outside of that, that you know what, maybe they aren't super deep. I would care. I would bet the 44 women, the 52 men, the 56 men, the 100 women and the 140 women 
probably at first are not going to be super deep classes. I think the one, the 90 and the hundred women and the 140 men and the 125 men will eventually kind of build up to that, but it doesn't change anything. The, oh. the, those middle weight classes that were the most competitive will continue to be the same exact competitive level. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And like, you know, but this happens though. Some com- it, this happens now. Some weight classes are more interesting and more competitive than others. IPF Worlds is a good example of it too, right? More people tune in to watch a certain competitive weight class as opposed to the other one. Like it's just it's how it works. Happens. We've been making a lot of comparisons to UFC recently, but that was I mean, when I was a big fan of UFC, that was kind of the thing. The heavyweight division didn't have like a super stacked class, so people really turned to like the the welterweights and the lightweights during that time because it was more fun. So more publicity was on them as opposed to the other ones. That's how it just, how it, it's how it uh, happened. It just works out that way sometimes where certain classes are more competitive than others. And I even think under the IPF weight classes, it's still the same thing. There's certain, certain weight classes that people really care about. If you don't believe me, look at live streams. They're not a consistent. They're not consistent across the board. Yep. So a couple things in the, in the chat that I already questioned, I was going to probably bring up. I know one person asked, what do you think about 12 classes for men and 11 for women? It's my choice. Take out 15 men. But honestly, there's plenty of classes. For both. I don't think there, there's a reason why there should be an issue that there's one more class for men. The fact of the matter is, is men span a larger range of weight. And that's just yeah. kind of what it is. Why there's always tend to be I, more men's weight. Classes yeah. I th- larger weight. I think the easy alternative there is just to remove that super lightweight class that not a lot of men compete in. I've never seen like. I agree. I would, I would be all for that, but in the sense of, like, that one class being there, it's not a huge issue. Well, I mean, we'll see if anyone competes there. Yeah, the, so, and also the issue is the money so. part. Like, from our understanding, like, with the Nationals, you're going to give money to all these, like, lifters. So I, I, I've i heard the arguments of the fact that it's not exactly going to be fair to give 12 men the money in the weight classes and then only 11 to the female. Just that, But I would think that, yeah. Um, the other one, uh, is that a lot of people have been asking about, cause this is something that should be announced next week, I think is what's going to happen with qualifying totals. Um, we do not have any insight into that, but I think I can, we can probably make a pretty good guess because we already have again, um, precedent with the 76 kilo women, uh, or the 72 kilo women and what happened there. I, I'm going to assume that there's going to be some type of like, if you are 93 men and you qualified at 93, that you probably now qualify for 90 or 100. That's my guess. They're going to do something like that for a lot of the weight classes. And then they're going to come out with new qualifying totals. I'm not a stats person, so I don't know what this is called, but you can easily make a certain like average. Like you can, you can say like take the averages of every single person. You can say, oh, this person's 87.3 kilos. What would their possible total be in comparison to the qualifying totals for 93 and 83 you, you can do that off of a stat line so i'm sure they're going to no problem have new qualifying totals so if yeah. you want to qualify you got to do those but if you qualified i assume again assumption no no background knowledge on this i assume that like there's going to be some like grandfathered in aspects that like if you're a 93 or a 63 or whatever it may be you're going to be able to go up or down a weight class if you qualified in the pre-qualifying totals you're not going to have to re-qualify i highly doubt they're going to do that yeah, I, I do as well. And, yeah, we have seen in the past there was two new weight classes added within this year, and it was actually big for powerlifting in that way. Um, we have another question here. Do you guys think Ron S is going to lose a little hype since they're losing people like Atwood, Russ, Keiko, and Amanda? 
I think no. Why? Why do you say no? You can go ahead, but I'm just gonna say no. Okay. Um, I personally don't. All right. So would it lose a little hype? Like yes, just because you're describing it as a little hype, right? It's like just not. I, I can't really like, quantify that. Um, but I think the USAPL, as it stands, the field of lifters is much better than the international field of lifters. That is, I, I think, especially on the men's side, I think it's factual. Even on the female side, I understand that a lot of the IPF women's, uh, or the world champions on the IPF women's side are from other countries. We're talking about the winners. We're not talking about the field from 2 through 10 USAPL has a bigger crop of lifters. And I think that those battles and the people who are staying are good enough and amazing enough and better than a lot of those international lifters where it's going to be interesting going forward. Storylines, though, because you're responding to that, and they were mentioning with the storylines, storylines will still exist. Because it'll still be competitive and you're still finding a great crop of lifters and you're seeing a great crop of high-level lifters that are better than a lot of the international lifters. Now, if all of us leave, of course, but they're not going to get every single lifter. And you use Amanda uh, Lawrence for an example. We couldn't find a storyline for Amanda Lawrence this year because she's that damn good. Storylines doesn't necessarily mean like the people with the most amount of followers. We couldn't find anything like c- compare Amanda Lawrence to because he's that good. Like, like I, I would, I mean, Russ, like if he, like IPF Worlds, we had no storyline for us. It wasn't as hype. You guys can pretend it was. Look at his YouTube channel. Look at the views for his IPF Worlds recap compared to Nationals and tell me if it was more hype. That's the current state of IPF Worlds when compared to USAPL. It's not as good as the entire field. And when the field is that good, then I still think Nationals is going to be a more hyped meet. But also, I think the USAPL can utilize this to not only have Nationals as their big meet, but all of them be big, all of them be important. We need something from January of 2022 to December of 2022 to keep people occupied and make this more of a spectator sport. It has to be year-round. It can't be one meet that we're holding out for to be hype or to be storyline-based. We need all of them, and I think this pro series and the new weight classes and what we're going to see going forward is going to be better for the sport as far as keeping storylines going, as far as keeping people interested, and as far as the spectator sport goes. All right, so I'll answer my end of the immediate no. Do we lose something by not having a Russ and Atwood and Jake and Amanda? Yes. That, that, that's not losing hype, per se. I think it may even be more hype. Two reasons why. One, I, I don't know, Angela, on your end, I've been seeing a little bit more rumblings lately. We, we talked about how like everyone was all about IPF and IPF World's main list of recency bias. It was happening, so there, there's, there's this nostalgia of it. It just happened. Everyone cares about it. The further we're getting away from that, the more people I am seemingly seeing now kind of shifting towards, Hey, maybe, maybe I'll stick to USAPL or maybe I'll do, I'll, I'll do, I'll just do the new PA or the new uh, powerlifting America. I'll, I'll get my easy ticket over to worlds, which that is being talked about, ticket, which is one of these reasons why uh, I, I don't think we're going to lose much hype for the reason that there's that most people are just going to get their easy ticket to worlds. They're going to go there once they're going to come right back. I'm already hearing some people um, talking about they'll do PA nationals and do USAPL nationals. They'll do both. Um, 
So I don't think we're going to lose a ton of people. And I think we're actually going to gain some people from those other federations. Second, I am having group chats go crazy about all the possible new matchups. Are we going to get to see uh, Jamar in the 90s facing off against some of the best 93s coming down? We're having Brandon Petrie and uh, Bob Matthews going up to 100 kilos. We're going to see Bryce at 100 kilos. Who else we're going to see at 110? Are we going to see Rondell Hunt versus Ashton Rouska since Rondell can come over? I am actually hearing more people talk about the hype of some of these matchups than we had going into nationals this year. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, because, I mean, it was joked about earlier. I, like, I took all the people out of the 82.5 kilo range and put them up to 90. But I, I don't see if people move up there, I think – it will be a like the one of the I'm just looking at it from a spectator standpoint and as that being an incredible, incredible weight class to see watch watch people compete in. And it's not like they're like taking a step down, they're actually going up to be more competitive. And with the eighty two and a half kilo weight class, the weight class that I would compete in, it's still gonna be awesome. We're still gonna one try to chase the total of Russ and all the other people before us. But also, you're going to get some of those other lifters who are great, but they're just they they're 181 pounds, so they can't. It's hard for them to compete with guys who are 195 pounds. So guys like Michael, me, Michael C is looking probably looking at 82.5 and loving it. I that think gives he, him a nice little advantage. He is a he is a awesome lifter at 82 and a half. I think and a very good contender. I think he totals over 800 easily at 82 and a half if he comes up. Gage Carrion. He's looking really good right now. I don't want to see him cut to 75. I want to see him compete at 181. He will be very good. John Gruden is 181 pounds. He's a small 83. He doesn't look small, but guys is put together and jacked. David Chan is 82 and a half. He is a walking around 185 pound guy. So you will get more people within that weight class who are actually weighing 181 pounds. You will see, still see great lifters there, but you will see the bigger numbers at the higher weight classes making it more competitive. Like, I really do think the, the, the possibilities of the matchups for all these weight classes get better. They get significantly better, too. We were so deep at 83 to 93 that those can split a little bit. Because obviously, and we were deep at 105 too. Because now basically we're going from 83, 93, and 105 to 82.5, 90, 100, and 110. And on the women's side, we're going from 63. Again, women's doesn't change too much because 52 kilo already existed. 57 changes to 56. And we're just, because we already had the addition of the 76 and 69, that doesn't change much. They're all just going down a little bit. We have the 75 and 77.5. It doesn't change a whole bunch on the women's side. That's where I don't see much shifting around. The only interesting thing will be the 63s, how they split. Because I think it makes probably that 69 class, because now 67.5, that being more competitive. That's the main thing I see there. Because you kind of had Chandler Babb kind of on her own level in that class. Um, I don't know what Sam Calhoun plans to do. That would be very interesting to see yeah. her go to 67.5. I think she likely, if she was to go up to that, would be very interesting to see her go head-to-head with Chandler Babb if Chandler Babb stays. Um, I don't know if she will. Um, I don't know. I just I see – I honestly am more – I'm almost more excited for Nationals this coming year because we got primetime coming back. It's going to be big again, not the the, the, the the tiny Nationals we had this year. 
And I think we're going to have so many new storylines with weight class battles that I'm actually going to be more hyped for it, even if we're going to lose some people. Because again, U.S. were snobs. I don't care. We are so deep in every class that we can lose the top lifter in each class and still be more hyped and fun than IPF Worlds. Well, yeah, and that was um, yeah, I, I completely agree. That was a conversation I had with Candido. Um, I don't really get into the uh, the whole uh, the specifics of his video, but I do recall uh, that he said to me, he's like a guy like you who's a fantastic competitor. Well, like there's a possibility of you never being at the world stage because. I, because this is how the one nation per the whole one nation representative works. Like, I think that it will actually yield a better competition from the U S side because we don't have that rule of one representative per nation. Like it, it's it, to me like IPF worlds is it, it, it loses its luster because of that. And if we have, something like a nationals that has even with its top guys and girls gone uh, from the weight classes, I still think it's, I will be curious to see how many people still view in because we recognize our good lifters here. We do in the USAPL. You don't have to be a national champion to be recognized, to be great. They think they're our, we, we acknowledge them as being amazing. We follow them. We follow their career. Uh, We, we look at their, we look at their accomplishments. Like, it doesn't matter if you're number one. If you're four through, if you're or if you're two through ten, you have a big fan base. So you would have to take all of those guys away. But here's the thing, and I also see like, I, it, it works on the flip side. So in my weight class, eighty three kilos. To if again, if people think that Russ is, I can't see Russ staying in PA if Delaney. If Delaney stays, if Gruden stays, if Noriega stays, how the fuck would Russ say that this is more competitive or is more prestigious going IPF Worlds? It's factually not. There's one international lifter who's good enough to compete with him, and it's, I'm not even referring to Gibbs. We just had another. Uh, Tim Montgomery. Yeah, he. Tim but he would have got 808. 808, and that's third. Good, but he can't compete with Russ like head to head. He's he's no. gonna get eat on second attempts. Yeah, that's that's equivalent to me saying like, yeah, that's I'm I'm Russ's biggest competition. And that's people Delaney and Noriega have more of a say than that than me. So I I I like I don't I don't think people realize that people are also thinking like, oh my gosh, this APL two you know is pop up next year and it's gonna be like like rival to us. Uh it's really hard to start a powerlifting federation. You, you have it takes a lot of money to be able to put on a huge national meet to be able to have enough volunteers who are accredited and are now national referees there's a lot that i mean i think here, here's my opinion i don't think we talked about this before i actually think it could be great and they could coexist perfectly having pa and usapl we have pa for the select few people that want to go to worlds but usapl is where everyone's at that's probably that could actually coexist for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely agree with you on that one. I I, I do think it could coexist. Um, I but I 
I I think more. It was almost. I think we did kind of predict this though too. Like as more information comes out and more what we see with the USAPL, like I think people are just going to get more interested because powerlifters, if they're one thing, it's nearsighted. Powerlifting are probably powerlifters are probably the most nearsighted human beings I've ever met in my life. Expanding all professions and all sports, they only look at what's in front of them, right to them, or they or they they can only like grasp that. And I, I, even with the weight class changes, like there, there is a, how does it affect them currently? Even though they're not competing in like another six months, they're still like, well, this sucks because I'm competing in, I don't know. I haven't even picked out my last next competition yet. Like, but they're so nearsighted. They can't look beyond that right now. Something is presented to USAPL lifters. That's interesting. And they're slowly, I think going on the bandwagon again. We'll see if that lasts. They still have to execute. They still have to get a product that is going to keep lifters on, including myself. I'm happy of what they've done. I'm going to stay in the USAPL, mainly because, I mean, come on, look at 2022. Look how good it's looking already. We got one, the pro, that's got to finish off 2021, but also we got the Arnold. The Arnold is fantastic. The Arnold is a great meet that Powerlifting World puts all of their eyes on, and people love it, but also – a few months later, we have nationals in Las Vegas. Come on. Like, that that alone excites me. Put Vegas in front of me, I'm happy. That, I, I all, and I'm not the only one. A lot of lifters are just happy to see that. So, of course, I'm going to stick around, yeah. but we got they got to utilize that momentum. Yeah, and USA Bill's listening. Yeah. That's huge. Yes. Like, that is massive. I mean, they are really listening. Uh, and speaking of kind of like being lifter friendly and listening this week, I put huge emphasis on, I care way more about it than I think Instagram does, is the equipment list. Yes, yes. There will no longer be an approved equipment list. Mm-hmm. According to the IPF, we were supposed to, as USAPL, uh, have that equipment list all the way through the local level. So if that new federation happens and they follow the rules, which I think they will because Robert Keller is on the IPF executive board. Um, they're going to require the equipment list all the way down to the local level. Um, I would put lots of money that the local level would never be able to compete with USPA drug tested and USAPL if they're going to have it like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as there is going to be an extreme amount of support from some companies who never supported USAPL. I've seen Iron Rebel going posting about uh usapl i seem super happy a lot of these other companies that really only supported uspa because of the ipf rules because for some reason a lot of these people again if you're listening to this and you thought that you couldn't use a pioneer belt at the local level you have been wrong this entire time that it has never been a rule it's only been at the national level but for some reason a lot of these companies have thought this um there's gonna be a a lot more sponsor support, a lot more people coming in now that have kind of stayed away from USAPL because this equipment list is going away. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be huge. And I, more more brands in a sport is better. I heard people say, like, they don't know if that's a good idea. I'm like, I don't know how I don't know how you think business works. But usually when there's more of something, it's, it's better. Like, more brands are better for the sport. You get more people making money get more people making money, that money gets distributed to you if you're able to market it efficiently, if they see your worth. So, yeah, I am all for more people getting 
into the USAPL as far as um, equipment goes and also more people getting on board as far as um, as far as like just just distributing money to these lifters. Like we still need sponsors. We still need more money in the sport. We just do. Like it's it's needed if you want these, this pro series to work. Yep. Yep. Need um, more money and then I'm, I'm going to put it in a cap so I got in an argument about that on the internet this week. The more money that gets put in, the more it does cost people too. Like you might have to pay $10 for a live stream eventually. That might actually happen if they're putting $20,000 into producing a live stream. I'm just going to throw it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, last bit of stuff that they did announce is we're changing the dot score, um, which is awesome because dots is way more fair top to bottom. We're never have a perfect coefficient score, but it's obviously way more fair top to bottom um, where it doesn't have some like very obvious bias. Um, and if anyone says there's bias towards Taylor Atwood now um, on dots, no, Taylor Atwood is just way stronger than everyone else. That's why he's number one and has a 608 or something dots and you don't is because he's just way stronger than you. Um, it, it changes everything. I think like Jesus goes from like 64th up to like seventh or something like that. Um, yeah. I mean, it dots makes it so that this pro series, because if you, if people don't understand the pro series, at least at first and for probably a while is going to be coefficient score based at the actual pro meets, it's going to make it fair. Um, if you can't win it, it's because the other person pound for pound stronger than you. Yeah. For the most part. So uh, yeah, that's what's particularly what happens when, uh, the formula, like, if all the formulas are kind of pointing towards you as being strong, then yeah, that one is showing that you're uh, really strong. Yeah. I think, I, I think actually more people are happy with dots being used than I think it was more supportive think, than the way. I don't think anyone was unhappy about that. I can't imagine anyone being unhappy about dots over a good lift score. Yeah. Considering like most people don't know how the formulas work anyway. Like I don't, I don't care to know. I don't care to really understand how the formulas, uh, work in the sense of the math part. Like, so, and I think most people are on the boat. They're like, they don't feel like doing math. So, um, I, I think, I think less people, yeah, I couldn't really find any person upset with that. Uh, I think more people were upset with the weight classes. Actually, it's been presented to me that, um, the, uh, the, the, the podcast, the Nori podcast is coming out soon with the, uh, so I, I think more, I think more 93 is, you know, upset about this and it's not just the mediocre ones. I think, Guys like Chance Mitchell, who's an elite level lifter, he's upset about that too. As far as like what they decide to sit around at, and what they decide to weigh um, throughout the mm-hmm. off season, that puts them in a in a bit of a weird position. And I, people can be ups, upset to an extent, just like if you have a bad lift in the gym, be upset, but then you refocus and you decide what the plan of action is. It's everyone. There's going to be some people that are annoyed because they've been trying, they've been doing all this stuff to be a certain body weight. And now they're going to have to change it. It does kind of stink to an extent, but I, I would hope those people see the better as a whole, like that it's because it affects you negatively. A lot of pros as a whole, uh, not only for having more weight classes for being inclusive, it allows people to be healthier. Um, there, there very much is when you have big weight class discrepancies, some people are doing things that are not healthy. Um, I've definitely had women I've coached that were forcing things in weight classes that weren't necessarily healthy for them, and they were having ramifications from that. That happens to guys, too. They're, they're forcing weight classes that aren't just healthy for them in a lifestyle. So just having more weight classes overall is, is going to be helpful. So yeah. something coming from the chat is like, it, it, could we call national records now world records? 
I think it would be interesting. I, I we we were we were in a group chat, Angelo, and someone brought up like, what if they just changed it to being called the world champion now at nationals? Yeah. I mean, is that like that much of a stretch? Oh, like God. if you win nationals, oh, it, like, oh, I mean, oh God, they will lose now, their fucking there mind. There are some people worlds that would beat people at USAPL nationals, but like if we put world champion, is that not just as prestigious as a world champion as being the world champion at IPF worlds when you probably out totaled? Everyone at IPF Worlds? Every IPF elitist right now just fucking threw their entire laptop or phone across the room by hearing you say that. <laughs> that will piss them off so bad. I mean, it, I mean, yeah, but it happens in other sports, right? World Series champion. There's a ton of other baseball leagues, but we say that they're the world champions. It does happen. I think right now in the uh, weird dynamic of the sport where it seems to be like a real contentious thing between international and American lifters, they will just... I know that our friend up up north in uh, Canada will be very upset about that. He might, like, he might explode. He might, like, sub, like combust if someone said that. We might as well just do it because I'm all for being an asshole. And making other people upset, I'm totally okay with it. But I, yeah, that's that's actually I think the biggest hit. Even though right now I think the world records are not the most legit thing. I mean, not even with the um, the uh, I mean, going into the 83 deadlift, not even including my record. The old world record was 722, I think, in pounds, and you you pulled 740 or seven um, 750, and. No one really. I didn't even know that was the world record, seven twenty two. I just naturally assumed you had the highest one. So I think, I call them records. I guess if you put a label on, call them world records. If it's gonna upset some people, fantastic. But like right now, the world record is or is, is lower internationally than it is domestically, and that was at a national level meet. That I, that I, said I don't it. think they're going to change calling it like, I don't think they're all of a sudden going to call nationals winners, world champions. It would be interesting if we called the winner of the pro series finale, the world, the USAPL world champion. Like, there's only one. You yeah. are the world champion. Yeah. That will make, that will definitely, that, be that actually is that, but that's what? a little that more accurate. A lot, that would be a lot. That would be a, mean a lot more to be the world champion at the pro series finale than winning a world's at a weight class and since because I, that would be much harder to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think it, some of these things can work both ways as far as marketing goes. Right. So you sit, call yourself a world champion. Say if you're Amanda Lawrence, if I, I don't think he does it, but if she decides to call herself a world champion at the grand prix Arnold and you know, Leah Beauvoir sitting there like, yo, what the fuck? Like, I think I'm better than Amanda Lawrence. So it's like, all right, well, you know, come to Columbus and, and you know, test it. See how it works, you know, see see if you can actually do that. And it could be that dynamic. Unfortunately, the IPF has to stick up their ass and, you know, we'll suspend you for doing that because IPF is going to do IPF things. But it would, I don't know, I think it almost in a lot of ways works both ways. But also, I think even with these new weight classes and what the USAPL is doing, are, are we the only ones that don't like the IPF or think that the change is going to be, like, needed? Because I could imagine other countries could be happy about the weight class changes like themselves. So maybe this actually yields a, another, uh, another international umbrella that we can be under. So apparently, uh, according to that same podcast, USA people put out six countries reached out 
to possibly be affiliated with USAPL being the override. And then multiple international affiliates reached out to see if we would want to be under their umbrella. Um, I think the right call, USAPL said, uh, I believe they just said straight up no to the international umbrellas because they don't want the one. And then they said uh, to the countries, it's possible, but we need to worry about us right now for the next year that settled and then maybe they could possibly turn into like affiliating other countries and whatnot that would be very interesting um but i I think very i i like the answer of worry about the u.s right now um i i think they're very open to getting international lifters and not just but i'm saying they're not going to be like there's not going to be a usapl australia uh affiliate next year yeah yeah absolutely um we have another question coming in i think i forgot to get to it uh, will you think the USAPL, do you think they'll ever use squat bars and deadlift bars? Uh, no, never. No, that doesn't make any sense. But also I understand the question. Cause if you look at the two white lights comments, like there were some like, Oh yeah, you might as well use pound plates now and uh, deadlift bars and squat bars. I'm like how the fuck does that even relate to each other? Yeah. Weight class changes also means a complete change in equipment and standards. What do you guys like again? Powerlifters. I love you. I created a podcast about powerlifting. But sometimes you're just not intelligent. Like, I don't know how that would relate. And I don't mean to pick on my USPA brethren, but um, some of those takes are like, well, might as well just do USPA meets now. I'm like, I don't, why? If this, ex- I'm just going to question your logic here. If they should just do USPA meets now, why didn't they just do them if that was the weight class that they would compete in and then like are they saying the 24-hour weigh-ins are better the squat bar and deadlift bar are better like i don't understand the logic and i think if they wanted to they would have just came to uspa to begin with but they don't want to for a certain reason so i i don't i don't really get that argument yeah yeah that's not changing two-hour weigh-ins aren't changing um i'll bring up because we're talking about uspa i don't think i mean it opened up people to be able to hop back and forth more but i don't think anyone's gonna all of a sudden now go u.s because of this more likely we might sba um uspa is doing there's there's a lot of good going on in the drug testing side they're not they've kind of plateaued a little bit i've heard a lot again i've heard a lot of people wanting to possibly come over because of these changes um uh, thing that was brought up to us from cb um on our left our bros is the potential of a new type of lifter. Um, for all the people that hated on the, the money aspect of some of the things with the pro meets, I, I see a lot more people now saying, yeah, it's kind of cool. Like that's, that's now shifted again. Wait, wait, money, like, yeah, money's I good? Actually, people like, like, people enjoy that? Cool, I would like to win money. It's crazy. Man, I mean, people like you money. win $10? I wouldn't. Maybe eventually 20000 maybe eventually fifty. Yeah, probably. Um, the new type of lifter will switch between federations like Ashton to just make money and end up making 70,000 a year by just doing all the money meet the year that pay out the most. Yeah. And because they can't, they're not going to get banned. They don't get banned for coming back to USAPL. Yeah. No, no, I, I could definitely see that. And I see, I mean, my, I mean, you use Ashton as an example, but you know, Michael Cole de Pietro is like tailor made for this also in that 75 kilo weight class. I think he is a fantastic contender in the top five. 75 kilos for him, perfect. Yeah, that does help a decent amount. Actually, it helps. Yeah, 
We got to make an appreciation post of Michael Cole DiPietro. He might be the most like loved character or lifter on Two White Lights who just hasn't like one appeared on it and two um, like not even reposted on the page a ton. Yeah, I, I think it, I mean the weight class will make it maybe possible a little bit easier to hop back and forth to an extent. I mean they're still twenty four hour weigh ins, but I know Jawan Garrison commented on USA Powerlifting's post. He said this made it interesting eighty two point five. And then he posted on a story too. Um, oh, oh, wait. You know what? Maybe we lose Russ and he goes to PA, but we gain Jawan Garrison at 82.5 next year. And well, he totals 850. Well, uh, yeah, well, uh, Jawan Garrison, I remember me mentioning Jamar Royster being the pound for pound best squatter in the world. He's like, yeah, next to me. But yeah, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, fuck, I forgot about him, huh? Um, and then if we're talking about 90 kilos, but again, if we're talking about 90 kilos too, he's the guy who can kind of go in between those two 24 hour weigh-ins won't be a present to him. So I think his numbers take a hit, but, uh, yeah, if he goes up to 90, he's another guy who's just fucking legit. And if you guys go down to 82 and a half, he's legit. Possibilities are endless right now with the amount of competitions you get. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm really excited for everything. Really excited. So, in the sense of hype, I'm more excited going into this this year with USAPL than I was last year. I mean, last year at this time we were crapping on USAPL for some stuff. Um, yeah, this it was about year the so time. far or close. What? Yeah, close to it. I think. Yeah, I think the early Janu- or early January. We were pretty uh, at odds with the USAPL. I think your start on this podcast was just you listening to me yell at my computer screen over the USAPL. Yeah, we we debated if we were going to get banned or not for uh, some of our some of our podcasts. Yeah, Ben, uh, I would say the uh, kind of the opposite has happened. Yeah, the consigliere's of uh, two are of the USAPL. Well, again, kudos they, instead of like getting. I think maybe in the past they may have taken offense to it with some of the actions that we had seen just precedent for this year. They seem to go like a 180 on everything. Everything was, Oh, okay. Here's some feedback that seems to be from the lifters. Let's, let's take it serious. Yeah. Did yeah. On everything. You know, everything we've talked about on this podcast over the last year, which a lot of what we talk about is just taking all the, the majority opinions of lifters and kind of bringing that together. Um, they're wanting to do. So it's mm-hmm. super cool. Which one of them? I mean, they're gonna. I think we talked about it last time. I didn't announce anything yet. They're they're looking very strongly at changing media stuff. Yeah. Um, which Johnny said, if they change media stuff, he's coming back. So we got Andito coming back to USAPL and looked like he liked that seventy-five kilo class. Yeah, I that mean, could be interesting. Andito at seventy-five could be dangerous. Yeah, he'd be he'd be top five for sure. Maybe top three. Yeah, man. I mean, also I. I mean, kind of getting into Candido right now, just as far as the lifter goes, I think people forget, like, how good he was kind of getting into the 93 or the 83s because, one, he was top 10 in 2019, and he made progress from 2019 to 2020 at the Arnold. Um, he got hurt, actually, at me in 83, but he's a, he could total 775 and 75 kilos because Atwood's gone. He, like yeah. that'll be that'll be a great total I mean, for could, him. He could be a favorite to win that class, depending on. I mean, Perk, I think is. I, yeah, Perk, I know Perk's staying. So, oh yes. So, I mean, I mean, he's doing the pro. So that, I mean, I guess that's an indicator on a lot of these lifters. Like, if they're doing the pro, the Virginia pro, um, like, I, I think that means that they're sticking around the USAPL. That's an assumption on my part. But I think Perk 
is, I mean, perfect for anything, even the 74 kilo weight class because he's small. But a man I watched recently at the Warcat Open, he will be a massive contender for 75. Because I'm Yes, I love him. I think he is so damn good. Speaking of Warcat, freaking, is it Cow? K.O.? Uh, K- 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 High at 100 kilos, pulling 400. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, my God. That guy. Also, he's, he's that got, dude, he's got room to grow. Tall. He's big. Tall, is, big is dude. Flat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the leverage will yeah, not I, change for him. Yeah, we're going to see some nutty things this year. I guarantee it. Because there are going to be a lot of lifters who have been starving themselves to hold a weight class, all of a sudden go up weight classes, and just do some nutty things. We're going to see some ridiculous lifts this year. Yeah, I'm 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 very excited to see kind of just how this all plays out. Um, almost to a point where I'm like having um, you know, it's, you know, at times like where you get anxiety because like you're so excited about something, but it's not like close to you. So like that's what's happening right now with me, just like thinking about the future of the the sport and the competitiveness that we're going to see, and just getting excited that we could possibly have this product that I think everyone wa- uh, wanted. Um, uh, for a longest for a very long time, hell, who knows? Maybe if we had this thing, John Hack would still be a USAPL lifter. Yeah, for, I mean, John. Well, he said he wanted to go to the the strongest people, but if, I mean, if, I think there was a big motivating factor that he could win some money. Yeah, so, yeah. Who who knows? I mean, there's it, it it opens up a lot of opportunities for people with different motivations. Yeah. Um. Uh. There's motivations of wanting a title. There's motivations of winning. Um, there's motivations of being called a pro there's motivations of winning money. Um, I think there's a little bit more diversity in what possibly be motivating for people. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, it's, we have a bit more being able to kind of cover all, all, all aspects of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. And unless we have any more, um, questions from the chat, I think that will do it for this episode. Um, for yep. those, we'll probably have a I think pretty early next week we're probably going to hear about the pro series and like the the culmination there and uh that because they, they announced it obviously but i think they're going to come out and give full details there and, and kind of wrap it up i know the planning's been still going on with that so i'm sure we're going to get more information on that next week and once that is released i assume they're going to start talking about the arnold because we're waiting on the arnold uh to get posted with stuff so yeah absolutely and also we got to start doing research for the uh virginia pro that is yes. coming up. Uh, me and Petrie already talked about that. Do. Yeah, me and Petrie already talked about that because that is going to be the next episode that drops after this one. So on Wednesday, you're going to hear from Brandon Petrie. Um, we were discussing maybe some of our predictions and uh, what's going to happen, and we had to save. All right, I had to save a lot of that for the podcast itself because uh, that's going to be that's going to be a really fun episode. And yeah, we're going to have a good amount of episodes from now into Virginia pro. And I can, I can see ourselves uh, after that. We're going to be busy on two highlights. Yep. But that year that will do it for this episode of two white lights. We'll see you guys this Wednesday with Brandon Petrie.